Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you'd like to watch your podcast, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. While you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. A little side note here for you musicians and artists out there. If you like the beat you hear behind me right now and need some inspiration or would like to get a hold of one of these beats, make sure to hit up our good friend Ace Ha at Ace Ha Beats on YouTube and at Ace Ha Beats on SoundCloud. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the crazy labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With True Nutrition, whatever you're looking for to satisfy your health and wellness needs, they have you covered. They even have a whole section of their site that is dedicated to vegan, paleo, keto, and dairy-free products. Just go to the newly revamped truenutrition.com look at all of the great products place your order and when you go to make your payment type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order you won't regret it and you will never have to question the quality of your supplements again Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Rocato, Patrick Blair in Zoomland as usual. Dude, uh, Conor McGregor, you've been watching Ultimate Fighter. I have I not watched a single second of it. How is it? Uh, I enjoy it. I mean, I've enjoyed it thus far. Uh, I think, do you want to know anything about it? You want me to spoil it for you? Are you going to watch it? I do. i seen that McGregor hadn't won any, like in they hadn't won any fights on his side yet, right? He hasn't won a single fight yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what's here's what they've done. So what they did is they brought back um, veterans who have been in the UFC, who have since been released from the UFC, back on the show, give oh. them another shot to get back into the UFC. And then they invited prospects, so guys who have not been in the UFC yet. So Chandler and McGregor had choices. Like, you know, Connor had the first pick. So he picked lightweight prospects okay which means that chandler gets the veteran cross uh the veteran lightweights so then chandler then decided to go well just give me all veterans so he chose bantamweight veterans as well so chandler's got a group of all guys who have been in the ufc before and connor's got a bunch of guys who have no experience in the ufc and and you know some of the guys they you know on the veteran side i mean like roosevelt roberts Fought a shit ton in the UFC. Still only 28 years old. Jason Knight. 
is in it. Like guys you have heard of and have seen fight. And, you know, Connor's got all these younger or these guys who, you know, trying to get in the UFC. So thus far, these veterans have just wiped the floor with these guys. And you could chalk it up to experience. You could chalk it up to matchups. You know, the opening show, the opening fight of the the show was Roosevelt Roberts um, gets picked to fight. Connor's number, like they have them ranked two, one through four, which means nothing, honestly. But but what they rank? Um, what they rank them based on? Do you know? Uh, well, if you're Chandler, you kind of base it on what you know of them, being okay. that they've been in the UFC. And then if you're Connor, or you had you had workouts with these guys, you kind of saw the skills they have and what are their records and what have they done prior to this moment, so on and so forth. I mean, so again, I don't know that it means much as far as the ranking goes, but. Roosevelt Roberts gets picked first to fight Connor's number two guy, maybe one of the fastest knockouts in tough history. Um, and from there, you could just kind of tell, like, uh, it, it feels kind of not like a mismatch because, you know, we're only three fights in, but it, it feels like some of these dudes who are veterans are like, yeah, there's no way that I'm going to squander this opportunity without. But we'll see. Like I said, it's only been three fights. But um, I've heard interesting reviews on the show, one of which came from our good buddy Brendan Schaub. His take on this is so bizarre. He's like, what do you do with these veterans? Like, what if a veteran wins the show? What do you do with these guys? Are they going to fight the top 15? Yeah, dude. That's what everyone wants to do. What's the difference if it's a veteran or if it's prospects? If they get into the UFC, the goal is to break into the rankings and potentially fight for a title. Why does it matter what title or what you know term they were given for the show? It means nothing. The guy that Roosevelt Roberts fought was older than him. Roosevelt Roberts had like seven fights in the UFC. He's still only 28 years old. Right. So you mean to tell me a 28-year-old who's been in the UFC, had mild success in the UFC, is back on tough, wins his first fight. If he wins this show that he's not thinking about – he and the UFC aren't thinking about fighting top 15 opponents. Why? Because he was on the show and he was already called a veteran on the show. Who cares? Who fucking cares? It's a really bad take. Like, I, I don't like, why is it any different than one of these prospects? Some of these prospects have a shit ton of fights, still haven't been in the UFC. Right. So like, so have all these it's an guys, interesting show. Have all these guys that are veterans, have they been released by the UFC or is it just different? Yes. All of them have been cut for, Yeah. So yep. this is like redemption for them, basically, is like, this is totally. your chance to try to make it back to the UFC. But that's the thing, too, is like, I wonder, do you know when, when somebody wins to, um, Ultimate Fighter, do they get a contract for a certain amount of fights? Well, yeah, it used to be a contract, a six-figure contract for a set amount of fights. Okay. Um, and you know, a lot of these guys have talked about it. I don't know if that's changed now. We're, they're so far into the process and it honestly means in my opinion, something a little bit different than it did before. And not that it doesn't mean anything. It still does. Um, if I were a fighter, I'd be like, yeah, I want to get on that show. Right. A, it gets me no notoriety. B, if I do well. Right. My, my thought, it, my thought is it would just suck as say like you were in the UFC, you're released by the UFC. You make, you go back on to ultimate fighter, you win ultimate fighter, you get back into the UFC. And then after like, say you lose three fights in a row and they're like, all right, we're going to release you again. It's like, well, 
was that Ultimate Fighter even worth it? I mean, I guess there's other guys that I they're going to be yes. looking at because, you know, th- it, the show's not looking for just one person, I'm sure. It's looking at talent across the board. Some but. of these guys, yeah. I'll, I'll, a couple of these guys will get back into the UFC if it, if it ends up being all veterans versus veterans. Yeah. I think you made the point Brendan Schaub was trying to make. However, you did it with intellect. <laughs> he just, you know, again, it's just spitballing whatever's rattling around in that fucking cranium of his doesn't really know how to articulate his thoughts. Yeah. You asked a good question. Like, well, what was, was it really worth it for the UFC and, and for the entire process? If you get a veteran back in, they lose three fights in a row and here they are back out of the UFC. But again, my argument to that would be, well, what if it's the prospect? He loses three fights. He's out of the UFC. Well, what if that, that could have been a veteran. That could have been a guy who it doesn't matter, dude. At the end of the day, winning is winning and losing is losing. Yeah. You know, to to assume that just because these guys have already been in the UFC before and can't go on a run and fight top 15 guys and break into the top 15 themselves is is stupid. I, I don't understand. That doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. Now, the second guy who fought, the veteran who also won, devastating KO by the way, by flying knee. Just beautiful KO. He's 35. This is his last shot. Dang. This is his last shot. Right. Yeah. So, but God damn it, he looks great. You know, like, what do you, what do you, Do, man? You can't. I, I, I guess. I guess, I guess not let a guy back into the UFC just because of his age. That's true. And if you give him this opportunity, I don't care if he's forty. If he wins, you let him back in and you let him do his thing. You never know. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But. I don't know. It's not it, a good it, look to you. It's yeah, it's it's one of those things with the UFC where they got to be like, all right, we're doing this, but we're grind, you know, gritting our teeth while we're doing it, kind of thing. Any, the whole it, the as, entire I, show, as is, you said, anything can happen. I get it, and I you know, a forty year old guy can go in and just dominate, and you know, be a you know, win the title. Who knows? But I don't know that it's likely. Can I can I tell you why they chose this format? Why? Because Connor is a part of the show. If Connor were not a tough coach on this season, I think they would have went with the standard. Here's a group of unknowns. Using air quotes there to to the UFC fans. Let's let them all battle for a UFC. But why, why does Connor because, change that? Because Connor's a global superstar, dude. But why does adding so veterans I, into the mix? You're taking a chance. You're taking a chance because Connor's a part of the show. Connor's going to carry the show. Connor's going to get you the ratings. And then the whole buildup is to this Connor Chandler fight, if it ever happens. It's not really about, and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from these guys who are on the show and who are fighting. It's not necessarily about them as much as it's about Connor eventually coming back to the UFC and fighting. That's been the whole point of the show. Yeah. Is he supposed to be fighting Chandler and it's supposed to be after the show? I don't believe it's going to happen. Because Connor weighs about two ten, I did. I'm not even I, I see. Around. I seen an article yesterday, and I don't remember who it was, so I don't know how legit it is. But it did say that he's coming up on his, um, like where he's got to do his USADA test, and like it's yeah. it, it's close to where, like a couple of days is all he has left to be able to do it. I don't know how that works. Don't they? Isn't that a random? Well, if you're in the testing pool, it's random. But he hasn't been in the testing pool. And a okay. lot of people have been complaining about that because because of the buildup to the show and because of the buildup to this potential fight, they're kind of going, well, hey, why isn't this guy being tested? 
Right. That's that. That doesn't make any sense. Right. He's being a part. He's a part of the UFC. Clearly. Why the fuck isn't he being tested? Right. So, uh, he's juicy, juicy, juicy right now, dude. Juicy, juicy, dude. Dude, it's fucking crazy. Which I mean, he's got back acne and shoulder acne, oh, and like, God. dude, it's it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't care though. You want to juice up now? That's fine. You're obviously not going to be able to do it before your fights. But doesn't but, so? I guess there's a a right way to do it. I say that in air quotes. A right way to do it if you're going to do that. Um, but that's. I mean, if they say if Usada is really as strict as they say it is, and like they test as deep as they say they do, he. I mean, he can't possibly pass a drug test, right? Especially uh, if he, he still notice, yeah, he can. sure. You think so? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. Come on. They got John Jones for like a picogram of of something a few years ago. John Jones is a fuck up. Wait, Connor's what, not. What do you What do you mean by that? John Jones has never had the UFC wrapped around his finger, and every time he's made a mistake. The UFC has been sure to publicly state that John Jones made a mistake. So what you're when saying? Have they ever what, done so that what, about Connor? So what you're going to say is that Connor would probably slide by no matter what. Yes, he's got the UFC wrapped Jesus around his finger, dude. Guy who hasn't you know won it. a fight since when? We all know it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, man. Until that guy is completely detached from fighting, which he it's should be, be now. This way. Look, man. I'll be honest. I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight Chandler. I think that's a great fight for both guys. I don't think that will be a disappointing fight. What we're you know? we're looking at? What weight would they be fighting at? Well, Chandler wants it at one seventy, and then on the the beginning of the show, Connor goes, "Oh, they didn't tell you we're doing it at one eighty five. That would be crazy if they did that. Oh, that would be absolutely insane. Chandler hasn't fought at like, one eighty five in the UFC, has he? He's never fought at 185. That's what I thought. But I'm saying, Jesus. like, if he fought at 185, he could be eating a cheeseburger on his way to the octagon. Yeah. Like, he he's not, he's going to be fine. They won't do that, though. It, it would be 170, I think. I don't, I don't, I don't know how Connor's going to come unless, unless That's what I'm saying. Unless Connor can't get down there. I don't know how he would. Unless the fight's going to be like a year from now. You know? Nonetheless, I'm excited for it. Uh, let's not get too into the weeds because. <laughs> God knows how long that'll take. But like, I do want to say one thing, other thing about the show. I recommend it. First of all, I think you should watch it. And I think those interested in, I think it's a cool story, dude, to give these guys a second chance to come back. And this isn't the first time the UFC's done this. Season four of the ultimate fire was called, I think it was called redemption. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? But it, it was the season where they had, all the guys come back, and the winner of each, so it was welterweights and middleweights, the winner of each weight class got a title shot. Matt Serra won the welterweight tournament and beat GSP. And one of the most famous upsets ever. Uh, so it's not the first time they've done it. So I think even if you're like a casual sort of, well, what's this really about? Connor's on it, I'll watch it because I think Connor's entertaining. It's a cool story, man. To, to be a part of the UFC get released and be asked to come back and be like, Hey, we'll give you one more shot, but you got to do it this way. You got to so, do it on reality so, TV. You so, got to win a tournament. You got to. Right. Do you think, 
these guys went down to like a lower league after they got released by the UFC? Like, I mean, the UFC couldn't just randomly have picked, oh, hey, you were okay in the UFC. Let's bring you out. Like, they had to have been still fighting at oh, yeah. a, a little lower level, yeah, right? Most of them have been fighting. It's not like they've been sitting on their asses. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the the one other cool thing about, so, and then we'll we'll get off of it. But I, I, I have a feeling you brought up Connor because of the mascot thing. I did. Okay, we'll get to that. Let me tell you. So the other thing I really liked about it, uh, in the second episode, Connor goes to the tough house to get his hair cut by the guy who's fighting that that episode. He owns a barber shop back at home. That's what he does other than fighting. So Connor goes like, yeah, I want to get a haircut from you. So Connor comes and he brings like a bunch of the coaches and stuff and they have like a bar in the house. So they're all like hanging out. And Connor, again, I don't know if this is for the cameras. We've Connor, it's not like Connor's a new face. So we've seen his behavior, but like, dude, he's very, very upbeat, very intense, very charismatic, very sort of like in the moment with everybody he talks to, genuinely curious about them and asks questions and like listens to them. Now, again, I don't know if that's for the camera. And I know these guys are his fighters, but he was talking to the opposing team's fighters as well and like chatting them up. And it was very, it was very endearing to see. Because, again, he doesn't have to be there. He does not have to be there. Now, again, he could be doing it for the cameras and doing it for the show and, like, to, to you know, get in the good graces of everybody watching. But I thought it was a cool moment. So I recommend it. Check it out. Okay. Uh, what do you know about the mascot thing? All I know is what I saw the day after it happened. So apparently the guy got hurt. Apparently. The story seems fishy. Apparently. But I've always... I've, since the beginning, I've thought it was fishy too. Because I'm like, how can you hurt somebody with a punch in a mascot su- suit? That makes no sense to me, right? Well, I mean, I think that's possible. I just didn't like how they sent him home with some pain medication. Like, that's all the doctor's report said, or that's all the report said. I'm like, huh? Okay, well, let me... So, what was hurt? Let me pull pull this up. Hang on. Okay, so... All right, so this was from um, USA... Not USA Today. Uh, what is this? Good morning, America. Um, so they're talking about it and it basically acting like, yeah, this is really a serious thing. We're going to turn to the mascot stunt gone wrong. UFC superstar Conor McGregor was supposed to pretend to slug the Miami Heat mascot in a pre-planned skit during the NBA Finals, but he ended up sending him to the ER. Will Reeve is in Denver, site of Game 5 of the Finals. Good morning, Will. Hey, good morning, Michael. It was a strange scene. Conor McGregor was not given a warm welcome by the Miami Heat crowd. He was out there to sell a product, and eventually Bernie the mascot came out to help sell the skit, but it went too far, all the way to the hospital. This morning, the man inside this mascot costume (laughs) is recovering after this knockout punch from mixed martial arts superstar Conor McGregor sent him to the hospital. Okay, so they're saying that he went to the hospital, right? So Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Let, this one is him on Live with Kelly and Mark. You recently made headlines, though, uh, with this mascot in Miami. Can, <laughs> yeah. can you tell and us what happened? And before you start, let me just tell you, I'm on your side. Can you stop real quick? <laughs> on We're on your yeah. side. Who is Kelly and who is Mark? And why did you know that? Why did you say that with such confidence? Because it says it at the bottom of the screen. Okay. Do you know who they are? <laughs> uh, is was- that Kelly Ripa? Uh, I don't know what her last name is, but isn't this like the, it's changed name several times because like, was didn't yeah. this start out being like Regis, Regis and, and Kathy Lee? 
and then and then Ryan Seacrest. What do we do? Ryan Ryan Seacrest was on it at some point, and who's this guy? Uh, I I don't. I don't know who Mark is. I have no idea. Okay, shut up, Mark. Don't talk during this segment. All right, go, Connor. No, that was that was part of the skit. It was all a skit. We were backstage, all as well. Um, it was just part of the show. It, got, it blew up, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I recently made my acting debut, and I'm not not a bad actor, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was from yesterday. Okay. So my point, or the reason why I shared that one also, is because he's acting like nobody got hurt and everything was fine. It was acting. Well, of course he is. So what do you think? Do you think somebody, do you think the mascot actually got hurt? Has anyone from the heat or from the NBA spoke out about this? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think that he, I, I, I'm calling bullshit. I think it's all part of something, you know, something like what? I don't know. It's something's <laughs> going to be coming up that they're promoting. It's, it was the whole point. I guarantee it. He mascots. Bernie is okay. He's okay. He's okay. I don't know. I. It looked like a pretty good shot. And that's his left hand. That's his good hand, too. Yeah, but Oof. if you watch the, the... All right, show me. Break it down for me. Um, I don't have coach, any... come on, coach. Break it down. Well, here. Let's bring this back. All right, so you're right. It is the left hand. But I'm wondering if it's the second one when the, when the mascot's on the floor. This morning, the man inside this mascot costume is recovering after this knockout punch from mixed martial arts superstar Conor And if McGregor so, that was in like the, the big hop- part of the nose, which doesn't make it seem like that could hurt. It was, did he spray something? Yeah. Hang on. Watch this. This morning, the man inside this mascot costume what is, is that? recovering. Yeah, after that's this the product that he's pitching, I think. Martial arts oh. superstar Conor McGregor yeah. sent him to the hospital in a halftime skit gone wrong. Apparently he wants a <laughs> At center court. Huh. Okay. I don't know, dude. Okay. Well, it was just a curiosity thing. I was curious on what you thought. Could it be real? Could it be fake? Who knows? I'm curious on what you feel about Conor's outfit in that video. It's a very Connor outfit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want uh, from me? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm calling bullshit. I guarantee you like a commercial's coming with the two of them in it or something like that. Yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah, they'll make, some, they'll make something big out of it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the spray was the product that he was pushing, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Well, what kind of sp- so? Is it like a deodorant spray? I don't know. Don't probably, tell, don't tell but, me he went from whiskey to deodorant spray. It's a good product to pitch. It's easy, right? Yeah, and he but he he sprayed it before he threw the first left hand, and I haven't heard anything about that, which is kind of odd. If they're pushing a product, unless it well, is, we weren't there, dude. No one's showing that part of the video. All we're seeing is the <laughs> stupid punch. Yeah, I think we're overthinking this. It's a good possibility. If it's us, it's a definite possibility. Let's move on to something else here. <laughs> let me let me ask you something. Yeah. How do you feel about this song? Familiar? A little bit. What oh was boy. what was what was her other big song? Like her biggest song? Give me one reason. Give yeah, me a that's it. Yep, yep, yep. 
This was a bigger song, by the way. But anyway. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. So for those listening, this is Tracy Chapman, Fast Car, classic song, beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. Great song, great vocals, great fucking guitar riff. And left him. Wanted more from life than he could give. I said, somebody's got to take care of him. So I quit school, and that's what I did. Such a good guitar riff. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so we can fly away? I forgot that the hook doesn't come until much later. So, good song. Mm hmm. Interestingly enough, this was covered by a country artist, Luke Combs. Didn't know who he was until I read the story today. It is reached a higher position on the Billboard Hot 100 than Fast Car ever did for Tracy Chapman. Okay. Which is crazy to think about. So apparently right now, uh, two country artists have songs in the top 10. And that's like the first time it's happened in the last like 25 years. This Luke Combs guy and your boy, Morgan Wallen, your best friend. Morgan Wallen. Okay. So do you want to hear the country version of this? Sure. Yeah, by the way, Luke Combs is country. Of course he is. Mm-hmm, of course. Already less character, less soul. You got a fast car And I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove I'm not gonna lie, as much as I dislike country it's Anyone not... could do a cover of this song And I'm probably gonna be into it Because it's such a good song Yeah So that's that what we just heard right there Is like number three on the Billboard Hot 100 right now But okay comparing billboard then to now it's a big difference right like how sure. how yeah. it, it who is judging songs that get on the billboard is like there's a committee for the billboard no right. sales it's sales it's and just sa- okay okay all right yeah yeah okay i mean that's yeah so, so that's, i mean so it's va- i mean historically speaking that's how it's been okay. i mean in 2023, who the fuck knows? I don't know who's tracking that. Who's tracking that? But yeah, nonetheless. I mean, again, comparing it, it's got to be completely different, especially with streaming now versus back in 1988. Well, yeah. So Tracy Chapman's came out in 1988, like you just said. So some of the top songs of 1988. Faith by George Michael. Let's see if we can get a list here. Is it just going to... Here. Let me do something else. <laughs> Rick Astley, Never Going to Give You Up, was on there. <laughs> was it? At the oh, same is that time, the list yeah. right there? Uh, I'm not sure if okay. that was oh, the list. Shit. Was it? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, so some of the... some of the So some of the songs competing... You know, Tracy Chavin was competing with. Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses, Rick Astley, Never Going to Give You Up, George Harrison, Got My Mind Set on You, George Michael, Faith... Who else we got here? Roll With It by Steve Winwood. Winwood! Cheap Trick, The Flame, Billy Ocean, Get Out of My Dreams, Get In In My Car, White Snake, Is This Love, 
Def Leppard, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Jesus. Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. Robert Palmer, Simply Irresistible. I'm going to go out on a so, limb and say that she was up against a lot more heavy hitters than what Luke Combs is. I would say probably. <laughs> probably. The Beach Boys, Kokomo. <laughs> Elton John, I don't want to go on with you like that. George Michael had some hits in 1980. He's got four songs on this list. No shit, really? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I just haven't been saying them. <laughs> Trying to see if there's uh, Let me see. Michael Jackson, Dirty Diana. God damn. Huey Lewis, Perfect World. In excess, new sensation. Dude. Yeah, she probably had more competition, I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna go out on a limb. Oh, here she is at the end of the list at number 69. So she had the 69th best song of 1988. Right? Mm-hmm. Not bad. Was Faith at the top bad. number one? Yep. Wow. Number one song of 1988. Hmm. And the number two song, uh, let's find out if we know this. I don't. Let's find out if you do. Hold on. I have no idea what this is. Apparently, I don't know music as well as I thought I did. Here we go. This is Someday by Jacques Evans. This is not from 1988. Yeah. Are you sure you're right? What happened? That can't be. It's it's in the list I just looked at. Apparently, it's George Harrison. How did they do that to me? Why did <laughs> How did they slip that in there? I don't Who know. made this list? <laughs> that is bait and switch right there this now that's 1988 <laughs> i'm just gonna let you know right now he's a he was a beetle we're never gonna be able to play this on the episode so i'm just gonna shut it off now <laughs> anyway it's never gonna make it onto our episode so anyway um but you know who has in my opinion a better version of fast car than luke combs justin beeb oh Beeb's. he did it really yeah, it's really good too. He did this like several years ago. You want to do a live version? Yeah, let's do a live version. Sure. Does he pretty much only do a live version or did, was this recorded? I don't know. I think he recorded it. I got to take it to anywhere. Maybe we can make a deal. Maybe together we It's already better than Luke Combs. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Me myself, I got nothing to lose. See that you can tell he's tailored it to who he is as a singer. Right. It sounds like Justin Bieber, Luke Combs. Maybe that's how he sounds. He sounds like a karaoke singer to me. Sounds like a guy doing karaoke, doing fast car. Not bad. He's a good singer. I'm just saying. It's just this. Just for me, just has more more to it. Where uh, where is the live lounge? Is that I'm assuming that's a pretty popular place. Uh, BBC Radio. Yeah. Okay. Uh, believe that's in England. So this was from six years ago. Uh, yeah. Thirty million three hundred fifty-eight thousand views. Well, of course. Not t- not terrible. No, uh, for him, I guess that's low. But you know, <laughs> to cover. I quit I felt like I was drunk 
City lights way out before And your arms are wrapped right around my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belong And I, I They added some flange to his voice Apparently, there. yeah. I, I don't, I don't, well, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Anyway, it's a good cover. Um, so there you go. Covering artists will get you into the Billboard Top 100. I don't know if Morgan Wallen's song is a cover, is it? Let me see. I thought I had the story pulled up. Yeah, turn it down. Nope, that's not it. Uh, where'd it go? Morgan Wallen's Last Night leads Hot 100 for the 10th week. Luke Combs' Fast Car hits Top 5. Do you know the song by Morgan Wallen, Last Night? I've never known one song from Morgan Wallen. Don't lie to me. Number one song in the country. Last night we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything. I can't. How is this the number one song in the country? I don't know, but I feel like he is. That's not his singing voice. Yeah, it's so fucking. He's phony, adding. Dude. A, it's, it's so. A, it's a forced. fake country. Yeah. Yes, it sounds phony. Hold on, let's move ahead. Like at least Luke. Deck, we split a huh? At least Luke Combs sounded like that's his country singing voice. This is does not sound that like that to me. Well, Luke Combs didn't sound that country either. Yeah, I could. I could From the that. little bit that we listened to. Yeah. I mean, he didn't sound. I mean, I don't know if there's mistaking him as country, but I don't think he was over the top. Right. That's a good hook. I was I gonna. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say like you, ha- you have to admit that that's very. It's got a good hook to it. However, it's a great hook. He sounds the to me like sucks. he's trying to sound like Jelly Roll. <laughs> Jelly Roll is gonna be so happy. He's <laughs> <laughs> got people trying to sound like him now. Dude. Do you hear? Do you hear it? I mean, I don't know what uh, what you know about Jelly Roll as far as music goes. But. I don't know if you remember, but several episodes back when you introduced me to Jelly Roll. I said this. No, I'm sorry. We weren't listening to Jelly Roll. We were listening to that band that the point plays. Um, uh, it's like a dude's name and the something. Dude, they played Point to, Fest. I want to say, this? yeah, we did, man. It's gonna take me forever to think. Of. It's like, uh, all right, I'm gonna look for it. You keep, we'll keep talking. But so, <laughs> I don't remember what yeah. it is. What I said was essentially is like, is this the new thing where dudes sing like this? And it was like that guy and Jelly Roll and now this dude. It's it's like this new style. I don't know if it's new, but this hip style of singing that just, I just don't dig, man. I do not dig it. So you said they played Point Fest? I, I think so. I'm going to find it. Hold on. I want to say they did. It's like a dude's name and the band like it's the guy and then the band is separate from the guy giovanni and the hired guns that's it oh See, i told you it was you know name. wait 
We might have played that a music video by them we on did. the show. We That's did. right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So anyway, he the whole point of me saying this was he sings like that. <laughs> it's this very okay. fucking forced thing. I I don't even know how to even like really explain it all that well. Let me just let's find their song. I remember it wasn't bad. Were they in like a classroom or something? Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't say that that much, but what was that song called? Doesn't matter. We're just going to listen to one. We'll hear his voice. We'll go with... Uh, if it was a single, it's going to be a shorter song. We'll go with Overrated. Yeah, this is it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, but he. But what? No, nothing. I, if I give my opinion, you're just gonna laugh. No, please do. He sounds like a nasally seether. Sure. You get? Do you hear that? To me, he's. <laughs> to me, he sounds like a forced seether. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. That dude. That could be a seether song. What's that? That could be a Seether song. Like that. 100%. Wow. Huh. It also sounds like Violent Soho. Do you know who that is? No, I've heard of it. That was a band that was on rock radio back in the mid-2000s. And I remember when that came out, I was like, well, that's a little bit forced, uh, forced grungy there, isn't it? But sure. What was their song? Jesus Stole My Girlfriend? I think that was it. Jesus Stole My Girlfriend? Yep, this is the one. Tried so hard, but lost to God. Anyway, huh? Uh, interesting band, cool band. I just thought it sounded weird to, especially for a dude to sing like that. And it was like 2011. I was like, right. eh, okay. And it, you know, he was like, 20, he was probably he was probably like 24. Yeah. Like, why do you why do you sound why do you sound like that? <laughs> Unless you really love, but hey, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, uh. How did we get there? Morgan Wallen. Yeah, I just whatever, dude. I, I don't how is that the number one song? It is it does have a catchy hook, so maybe that's why. So do you remember that whole thing with Looks Morgan like Wallen? I have a cover song idea. Go ahead. What? You remember that whole Morgan Wallen thing? Like how he called somebody What did he do? Did he do something? They, I think he called somebody the N-word, like his friend or something. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Somebody. And then that somebody had it on recording and then they tried to cancel him for it. And then all of a sudden he came out with like an album that had like 30 tracks on it. Well, yeah, I mean, they tried to get him in trouble for that and then it didn't work. It didn't work. This music blew up. Yeah. It's strange times, man. I I don't wonder if, wonder if that's happened to anyone else. 
where people tried to cancel an artist and then it just made them bigger? Um, good question. Well, who's been canceled lately? Recently? Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that Louis C.K. is bigger than he was, but he certainly isn't doing less than he was. Uh, yeah, so I think he, the canceling he, of he had, him he failed. Had to, he had to stay out of the limelight for a lot longer. Now, well, co- sure. now COVID might have helped with that too, but no, I think he was. I think he was smart about it. I think he took the right approach. You think COVID helped him? I think he potentially. I mean, he couldn't do nobody. Comedy. I mean, nobody so, could. You know, so it's like well, there were like people, people doing. There were people doing it, yeah, but. Uh, Sort sorta. I mean, you had like Kreischer and those guys that were doing like the uh, drive-ins and stuff where they were socially distanced away from everybody. But people were doing shows in Texas the entire time in Florida. Uh, well, okay, you just named the two states that don't give a shit about anything. Yeah, well, <laughs> just saying. Like, if you want to get shows and yeah. you want to make a little bit of money, then that yeah. was your that was your. That was the way to do so. Hey, speaking of that, did we ever talk about Rogan opening up his? No. Comedy club. So glad you asked, because I have great things to say. What are What are your thoughts? Have you Have you Well, uh, have you done some research on it? Have you seen videos of it? Have you Have you read or seen some of the guidelines that the fans have to follow? I have not. I've just heard in different Joe Rogan episodes him talk about the club a little bit. So if you're a fan and you go to shows there, the first time you go there, they take your picture and keep your picture. Oh, that's right. Okay, I have heard this. So that if you ever cause trouble, if you ever heckle, so on and so forth, you'll never be allowed back. How How could you possibly monitor that? It's 2023, man. I don't know. I'm sure there's a way. Maybe they have facial recognition as you walk in the door. Don't you think it would be easier like to have like to make people buy tickets online through some kind of service and then maybe the service would ping some yes. well, uh, but then you could buy tickets through somebody else's account. You could. How about we just raise the better argument? I thought these guys were supposed to be murderers. They can't handle a heckle every now and then. Oh, there's that too. I mean, there are signs about heckling and like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I get it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I would never go to a comedy show and heckle anyone. Believe me. And I've been at shows where people were and I was pissed. Don't get me wrong, but to treat everyone like they're a piece of shit because there have been, a handful of times pieces of shit at shows. I don't know. That's a little bit unfair. If you ask me, I just, I feel, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's patronizing. It's insulting. And at the end of the day, it kind of devalues the dollar that you're spending on the club. And it devalues the dollar that you're spending on the comedians. And so you're basically saying like everyone we feel that everyone has the potential to ruin this show. So we're going to make sure that you don't. It's like, hey, 
I worked hard for the money that I paid for the show. Just let me fucking get in and have a good time. Why does this asshole over here or this asshole over here or this asshole in front of me or behind me have to make me go jump their hoops to be at a show that I paid for? But isn't that the same concept as t- making people put their f- or hold their phones or put their phones away or, or whatever? I'd say it's taking it a step further. Uh, 100%. I don't know. Because it's the same concept. It's like... If you, if, you know, 95... I think they make you put your phones away, too. Okay. I'll say if 95% percent of the people in the club aren't going to be pulling their phones out to record, but, you know, one or two people decide to, and now you're ruining it for everybody. Yeah. And making everybody put their phones away, it's kind of kind of crazy. How do you feel about the name? Uh, what was it? I forgot. The Comedy Mothership. Oh, uh, doesn't surprise me, but, eh. Wouldn't be my pick. So you want to go through the FAQs on the website of the Comedy Mothership? Let's do it. Here are some of the things you're going to see on here. Should I research the comedian before attending a show? Yes, comedy is subjective and certain comedians are not for everybody. Watching a YouTube clip or reading the headliner's biography is a great way to get insight on the expected performance. Fuck you. Who's asking that question? And that's the most generic answer you could give. It's a stupid question. It's a stupid answer, and it shouldn't be something anyone thinks about. If you want to spend the money to go see a show, you go to the show, period. Yeah. You don't have to research it before. You don't have to research it after. You don't have to do anything. As long as you're not a shithead, why does it matter? Do you know how many shows I've played where someone didn't know who I was? Most of them. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) That's my point. Yeah. Uh, is there a dress code? No. Why well, have it on there then? What is the refund policy? All sales are final. We do not offer refunds or exchanges. Are cameras allowed in the club? Patrons may take personal photographs before or after the show in the lobby. Taking pictures and videotaping shows during the show without the club's and the artist's written consent is strictly prohibited. Is there a drink minimum? There is a two-drink minimum. Oh, Joe, you piece of shit. I've heard him bitch about drink minimums at clubs. Oh, really? I think so. I think most. Or I know I think, he's had other I think people that's just bitching a sta- about it. That's just a standard now. I know Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis. They have a two drink minimum, or two I most, I, two item minimum. Do. Most clubs do. I just thought he was different. I thought he was changing the game for all the murderers. <laughs> Is your club smoke free? Yes. However, smoke may be used at times by the comedians on stage. Uh, what are yonder bags and does your vendor does your venue use them we do use yonder bags yonder creates phone free spaces for artists and comedians upon arrival to venue all phones and smart watches are placed in yonder cases by our staff and will be unlocked at the end of the show guests maintain possession of their phones at all times guests may access their phones in the designated phone use areas throughout the venue at any time so they say nothing about taking your picture on their website which i think is total horseshit I still don't, I just still don't see how they can monitor that. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, do, do you have any idea what the cap is on the amount of people in the club? Uh, well, let's see. They have different rooms. So the Fat Man room. Uh, does it say what? It, it doesn't say caps. So there's the Fat Man room, the Little Boy room, Mitzi's bar, and it looks like that's it. That's terrible names for rooms. Why? Terrible. Terrible. So this was like an old movie theater, I thought. That's what he bought. 
Oh, I thought he. Correctly. I thought he built. I didn't know he. Renovated. No, uh, no, they bought a building that was already there, and gotcha. I believe, like I said, was a movie th- movie theater. Gotcha. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. It's just when I heard about the picture thing, I was weirded out. And I was like, well, that sucks. But whatever. Do you think that he'll be like the number three club in the country within the next couple of years? Who's number two and who's number one? Well, number one's got to be the comedy store. Number two's prob- probably the comedy seller. I would say the comedy seller is probably number one. You think? Mm, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What are we, how, how are we, what are the metrics of this? Uh, because we're both stand-up comedians, so we obviously know. So tell me yeah. what, are, what. I mean, I would, I would, I would just say the amount of murderers that are in there every night. Oh, murderers! <laughs> Dude, so many killers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are probably the top two. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I think they're the top two as far as like actual name recognition. I think the other ones would be more like ch- chains. I guess. Sure. Right. Like your heliums. Um, what are the, there's some other funny bones, heliums. Yeah. But there's like a lot, la- not laughing gas, laughing. I don't remember. There, there's, there's a few other bit, pretty big names that are across the there's country. There's a too, ton but... of comedy clubs, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the comedy works. I feel like there's several. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy works. That's a good one. Different cities. And yeah. I mean, well, well, let's go back to what I said though. Cause you kind of ignored it. So don't I wouldn't you do feel that. like the guys don't you feel like anyone who goes to this club if they're a comedian could handle a heckler or two every now and then yes but I know what but I mean here's why but I, I, I see this. but I see why they're doing it I mean it's literally because the to put it plainly is just that everybody else is paying for a ticket also. So you're, you know, a heckler can be ruining the night of other people. All right. 100% who, who, pay, who paid for a ticket. But comedians of right now are blowing up online because of the videos they put up of them dealing with hecklers. Matt Reif, who just announced a world tour that everyone is talking about. This dude. Yeah. Is famous. Not popular, not popular amongst the stand-up comedy world. He's famous, yeah, because of the videos he's posted about hecklers. Same with Stavros. Same with Andrew Schultz. Like all these guys, that's how they gained recognition. And Matt Reif is a crazy situation, though. Like it, it out of nowhere. I didn't well, know. Why what, is it crazy? I, I didn't know what his name was a, a week ago. And I now, did. and now he's selling. Like he sold out his entire tour. And I, yeah. I seen a video of him um, on, you know, Adam Ray is. He's mm-hmm. a comic also. He was on co- uh, Adam Ray's podcast and he was talking about um, a video that made, that got him where he's at like so quick. And it, it was called like, yeah. it was like Heroes or something like that. Did you see the video, the clip? I'm sure I've seen it. He's got so many, dude. I, I, what was it about? Uh, it was heck. It was a heck, not a heckler, but he was talking. It was crowd work. He was talking to a girl it's, in the in the. Well, let's crowd. let's 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 make the distinction between crowd work and heckling. Now, yeah, yeah. There is a distinction to be made. Have you heard 
but I'm going to go off what have you heard Anthony Jesselneck's take on this? On what? On on crowd work videos and heckling videos and posting them online. I don't know. All right. I got to try and find it now. Okay. So there's a distinction to be made, but I think some would argue that the crowd work is asking for the heckling so that it can enhance yeah. the impact of the clip. Oh, so you think Fair. they're doing it strictly for clips, like for social media and stuff? Well, ob- obviously they are, dude. Yeah. I mean, you say obviously, but I don't think all comedians are doing that. I mean, I- I've seen Dave Attell do mm. that, and he wasn't doing it for social media. He was doing it just for crowd, just for the fun of crowd work. Yeah, but he also started when social media was non-existent. I mean, that's true. <laughs> God, I don't remember what podcast this was from and where I saw this from. Anthony Jeselnik had a really good take. I can't find it. Yeah, I can't find it. So, but he essentially said that, like, he feels like, and I'm totally paraphrasing, but he kind of said he feels like it's it's kind of a cheat code that a lot of comedians have found poking, you know, posting crowd work videos and getting a significant amount of views. Now, he admitted he goes, I have crowd work videos. I try not to post them, and if someone has posted them, if if they have been posted, they haven't been by me. I do do crowd work, but I definitely don't want to use it as a way to promote my stand-up comedy and my my jokes, like my writing, you know. Um, now again, I'm paraphrasing all of that, but that's kind of what he was saying. So you call it a cheat code? He was, wasn't he wasn't complaining, and he didn't use the term cheat code. I did. Okay. He said something like that. I don't know that I have an issue with it. With the crowd work videos? Yeah. I mean, why, why, why does it harm anybody to use that to promote your, your comedy? If anything, it shows people, if they see it, that if I go to one of these shows, there's potential that there's, that this is going to happen. There's going to be crowd work. Yeah. But, but is that a good thing? Because that's what, that's what antagonizes the heckling. That's what antagonizes people to involve themselves in the show because they want to get roasted by the comedian. Well, I mean, the comedian is setting that up for themselves. So it, so in that case, then it's... By the posting comed- the clips, yes. And that's where Anthony Jeselnik is coming from. No, I, I'm not talking about the that. clips. I'm talking about in general. If Anthony Jeselnik is on stage and he's doing crowd work with people and you know may potentially have hecklers, he did that to himself. You know what I'm saying? Well, absolutely. Yeah, no, that goes for anybody. And again, I don't think he was complaining about it. I think the bigger picture that he was looking at was the naivety of people who would go to a stand-up comedy show. If they saw your clip online or if they've seen several of your clips online and all they are is crowd work, they're likely going to go to your show expecting that to happen again. And if it doesn't, they get disappointed. And those that are assholes and shitheads get disappointed and then they heckle, turning it into a whole different thing. I think that's where he was coming from with that. But then again, but I think that's the risk. That's the risk you run. Yeah, obviously. exactly. You're doing that to yourself you know, as a comedian. But he has a, he has a fair concern, though. And I, I, but again, he, he goes, look, I do crowd work. I've done it. He, I think he just had concern for comedians coming up who have not, I guess, essentially established themselves through specials and through years and years of doing the road and years and years of writing and, you know, working out material 
who are kind of solely relying upon these crowd work clips to go viral and then thus get them more people coming out to their shows. It's like you're you're asking for a different type of audience. And I think that's a fair point to be to to make. It is a different type of audience. That's true. No. Matt Reif, I think he's a funny guy, but he's going to bring a shit ton of female people, females, female, I was going to say female people, females <laughs> to the shows who are going to want to get involved every night. And again, he's, he's, he's done, that, guy he's done that to funny, himself. Yeah. Who, who, who speaks to them at shows yeah, and who makes fun of their boyfriends at shows and who makes fun of their husbands at shows. So you're asking for a different type of audience. Yeah. Now, again, how badly do you want to sell your soul? How badly do you want that 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 cheese? Yeah. If a- you will. Apparently, Matt Reif unlocked some kind of cheat code in, with social media that got him as big as he's gotten in a very short amount of time. Dude, I, he said he I, said I, on numerous occasions it's it was a TikTok video that went viral, mm-hmm. and then from there it just fucking exploded, and he didn't really understand it either. He so what he said on what I mean whether it's true or not, um, what he said on this on Adam Ray's podcast that there was this one video that he didn't even want to post, and it was yeah. it was it, it yeah, was of, it was of crowd work, and it was a it was a girl in the crowd who was saying that her the build a bear thing right. No, this was a, this was okay. uh, about he, um it was a woman complaining that her significant other uh wasn't like when he came home from work he didn't do anything. He was ba- he basically just didn't do anything. And Matt Rife yes. asked her, "Well, okay. what do you what does he do?" and she's like, "He's a nurse or so- something along I those lines." Yeah, something like that. And he goes, yeah. "So she's out there saving lives all day long and then comes home and does nothing and you're complaining about it?" Like that's basically right. what the clip was about. And he's like, right, I didn't right. want to post it. And he said he posted it. And then overnight, it was just everywhere. Again. Yeah. How, how do you unlock that algorithm? I, I don't I don't know what it is. But what I did find out, um, I talked to a very well-known comedian in the scene in St. Louis. Recently? Who, who tours around, yeah. Um, You're just now telling a, me this? A, Why didn't you bring a, him on to the show to discuss <laughs> this? Uh, so I talked to, to him about this and he told me that he doesn't like he, he has no idea how or why he got so big. The only thing he can, uh, he can tell is that, uh, he has a very good publicist and he shoved a lot of money into social media, which makes sense. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like he, he got, he went viral like he did because he shoved a lot of money into social media. Meaning what? Like he bought likes and followers? I, I, I don't I don't know about that. I'm I, not buying that. I'm not buying that. I mean I mean the promotion. Like you you know like if you go on Facebook and you can you can you want to boost the post. Yeah, s- stuff like that. Yeah. You're not gonna say who the comedian is. No. What the fuck? Because I don't know if he wants. I don't want to know <laughs> if he wants to bring be it said. up then. Because now we have to have him on the show. <laughs> can, can I ask you something? Yeah. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I buy that. Okay. You don't have to. Here's why. We'll just take it from someone. Look, look dude. Uh, it's a similar world. So in the world of music, we've seen bands, we've seen artists blow up. 
this day and age because of TikTok, because of social media, because of whatever. I, as a fellow artist, musician, whatever, would never would never just assume, well, they they spent a bunch of money on the, the marketing through social media. At the end of the day, well, we just look, I hate on Morgan Wallen all the time. I quickly admitted that's a goddamn catchy song. Yeah. I hate the singing. Yeah. There's a reason that that song is number one right now. It's fucking catchy. Yeah. So sometimes you just have talented people that hit at the right moment in time. Matt Rife obviously is funny. He's good looking to most people. He's got charisma. He's, you know, for a stand-up comedian, when you when you're good looking and you you aren't you're an articulate person, and what by that what I mean is when he speaks, it seems effortless. When he tries to get a thought out, it seems effortless. He doesn't take a lot of time to process the moment, right? Yeah, you're. It's kind of a recipe for success, dude. And I'm not hating on whatever this comedian whose name who shall we won't say. <laughs> I'm not I'm not hating on their 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 opinion of this, but what I am saying is I think that's just a small part of it. You know, yeah, maybe he boosted posts, maybe he did this, maybe he did that, but like Well, it was mainly We've it's talked mainly about more... this before, but we've talked about this before with buying Spotify plays and followers and buying likes and all this shit. It's like, dude, if you were, what did we say? We said, did you really need to do that? If you're good enough, something like that. Didn't we, didn't we raise that argument? Did I do that? Or did you, I don't remember. That's been too long ago. So if he has that one post go viral, right? He's likely going to go viral again. Well, probably you know? now because everybody knows his name, knows knows who he is now. Because why? Because he boosted posts or because people saw the viral clip, they checked out more, they realized, oh, wait, this guy's funny. Maybe. I like him. Maybe. Let me go ahead. I don't know, man. I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I I'm kind of being protective of the idea that like talent overrules everything else. But I get I get what you and this person is saying are saying it's an interesting thing that it, it, we'll look we'll look with him specifically well suppose supposedly he there's a few things that he said on podcasts and stuff that basically a lot of people were trying to get him canceled why like pretty quick i i'm not sure i seen a clip of a guy i don't know what his name is but matt rife was on his podcast and basically he was talking about um a girl, another girl, I guess, in not such a great light. And people were trying to cancel him after the comments that he made on that podcast. If you he could, was talking about a girl. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can. Matt comedian, Matt Rife exposed on Twitter over offensive old tweets. No, it that's was, probably not it. it wasn't right. Tweets. No. Okay. So this is the podcast. Michael Blostein. This is the one he apparently. They tried to cancel him from, and this was on February 23rd is when it was posted. Is the one with the two girls? No, no, this, I changed to a different one. Okay. What's this one? I don't know what it's called. Michael Blostein is the guy. So he hosts the show? Yeah, he's one of the hosts. What's the name of the show? 
Does the guy have gray hair? No. So. <laughs> well, I'll move on from that. Anyway. So. The so Trevor Wallace and Michael Blowstein. Uh, the show is called Stiff Socks. Uh huh. Get it? Uh huh. I got it. Oh, I recognize both these guys. The one dude was just on Theo Vaughn's podcast. Which one? The Michael or the other one? The other guy. Oh, okay. Matt Reif talked about his preferences, why women tried to cancel him over that. Is that what it is? Maybe. I'm giving up on this, man. I don't care enough. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> don't care enough. They need They need to... Uh... But, yeah, he's not going to be canceled. He'll be fine. I mean... I don't know how we got on Matt Rife. What were we even talking about? The mothership. Yeah, mothership. Well, good for Matt Rife. That's a huge tour. I mean, that's huge. I mean, I... <laughs> I, I mean, I think at the end of the day... Well, you you kind of sound like you don't like the guy, like you got a problem with him. Why? I just don't personally think he's funny. You don't get it. You I, don't think I, he's funny. I don't get it at I, all. I, I've have I've you ever watched like I him do a bit? Yeah, I purposely tried to watch okay. a lot of it just to see, and I don't. I mean, it's not terrible. I just it's not my sure my my funny. I guess. Like I'm not paying for a ticket to go see it, but you. Uh, disturbingly called him good looking about 15 times. So I, I think, think it was twice. I, I think, think it was twice. I think that I think uh, it was twice. I think that has a lot to do with what's selling tickets for him too. Dude, it doesn't make me weird to point that out. I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> Just kidding. Good looking, <laughs> good looking people do well in this world, man. I, 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 you know, maybe, you know, my wife doesn't think he's good looking. We've had this conversation. She goes, it, he's odd. He looks odd to me. But she showed me the picture that she was talking about, and it's for the picture of his tour, and it looks weird. It looks like someone superimposed something into the photo. Really? It does look odd. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, hey, guys, can we use a different photo? Because I look bizarre. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, you know, whatever. Fuck you, man. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, I want to I I do something. I want to ask you some questions here. Okay. okay. So you got to bear with me. I don't know. I'll open up a couple. Hold on. I want to do something here. Uh-oh. This genuinely worries me because I have no idea what nah, you're going to do. It shouldn't, man. I have nothing but good intentions always. Okay. So let's do this one. Bear with me. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Hold on. I'm almost there. All right. So I'm going to do, I'm going to play three songs for you. You're going to tell me which one you like the best of the three I play, okay? Okay. We're going to do this for a couple of different things. We're going to start with rock songs, alternative, rock alternative songs, okay? Ready? I'm, I'm already a big fan of this one. Just throwing it out there. So this, of course, is Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Very, very popular very popular song and I know you like this one that's why I chose it everyone knows that song right mm -hmm. sure now we're gonna do this one very good one the 
of course, is Closing Time. Yep. From the one-hit wonders, Semisonic. Uh, don't they have another one? That's pretty How dare big. You. No, they don't. They're a one-hit wonder. I don't know. What other hit true. did they have? I don't remember what it is. We'll now. look into that. <laughs> of course, you would know. You probably. Dude, there's we'll a, look into we're, it. we're looking at a best Closing. of right now. Like that picture is a best of Semisonic. That that means that means <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so everyone knows this song. Yeah. Great one. Another great one. I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rhymes, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt. Turn it this, of course, is Inside Out by mm-hmm. Eve Six. Yep. Faith in nothing. Wanna put my tender heart in a blender. What it's been round to a beautiful oblivion. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. I burn, burn like a wicker cabinet. Okay. Dude, I could go through just every song that's on this list on the right side of the screen would be like I could just listen to all day long. Uh, Of the three that I just said, what what do you got? What are you asking? What's your favorite of the three I just played for you? Go ahead. Come on. Uh, Don't be be scared. uh, probably Probably inside out. Really? I think so. Is there a reason why? Uh, just thinking like if I had to pick the three, what one would I want to listen to? Like to put me in a good upbeat mood, I'm going with Inside Out. Okay. I can get with that. I like it. All right. So we have a vote for Eve Six, Inside Out. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Give me a second here. I'm assuming there's a reason here on why we're... Well, there is. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay. You'll, you'll like it once I get there. Uh, let me see here. What do I want to do? Are you picking these on the fly? No. Oh. I had I had ideas in my head. All right. So we got three more to vote for here. Okay. We're going to uh, more hip hop here. Okay. Here we go. Take the baseline out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This, of course, uh-huh. is Hard Knock Life by Jimmy. It's impossible. Fan of this song? It's impossible for me to hear this song and not think of Austin Powers. What? How is that the reference that you have? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. No, I don't. Did you watch the Austin Powers movies? Really? No. Man. Okay. Anyways, sorry. No. Okay. So you like that song? Is that fair? Jesus Christ. Is it fair? You like it? It's a good song to you. It's it's a good song. Right. That's number one. That's fine. All right, it's your first option. Number two. Ooh. Oh. Rosa Parks by Outcast. I don't know if I know this one. Holy fucking shit. Yes, you do. We did type of people make the clue of you. You don't know this song? I don't know the song. Alright, well, shame on me. Here's number three.
This, of course, is Still Not a Player by Big Fun. Yeah. Rest in peace. Who's the, who's, right, the, who's the other guy singing in that? That is Joe. Joe? R&B sensation Joe. Okay. All right, so we're going to put one in place of Outcast. Holy fuck. Eh. Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. All right, so we have Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life, or as you so eloquently said, that song from Austin Powers. <laughs> we have Big Pun, Still Not a Player, and Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. What do you got? Big Pun. Really? Yeah. Good pick. I, I Of those three, I would pick that too. I'm not the biggest Beastie Boys fan. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah well, here's the thing, man. <clears throat> so back in the day, I was not. Especially when that song came out. I thought it was corny. I thought they were corny. But I was also trying to be cool and impress my friends who were listening to fucking grimy fucking shit at the time. It's like, oh, Beastie Boys, whatever. But like now, as I've gotten older, if you go back and listen to the first three, four records, dude, they're really good. It's good shit. I, I, have, a, I have a much deeper appreciation and actually just sort of love for them now than I did when I was younger. I also think when I was younger too, they got lumped into because of like songs like sabotage and shit like that. Like they got lumped into, because I was a kid, I was an impressionable, impressionable because of MTV. They got lumped into like alternative music and grunge. And I was like, well, there's so many other bands that I'd rather listen to than BC boys. I didn't, uh, I didn't do my research on the hip hop because we didn't have the fucking internet. And, right. So when I was at a record store or a CD store, I wasn't, I was not, if I was in the bees, I was skipping right over Beastie Boys, you gotcha. know? Yeah. So I have, I have more of an appreciation for them now. Uh, so you're going with Big Pun. I like it. Okay. One more here. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> I feel like we're doing a thing in a magazine where it's like, who's your favorite hip hop artist? Who's your favorite rock artist? Who's your favorite this? Sure. And then it tells me like what sex in the city character i am based off of that it uh that's dude how did you know we were doing that <laughs> these i know you'll know and i know you'll like okay i can almost guarantee it are we switching genres or is it yep we sure are how annoying do you want to get for this annoying <laughs> i don't know why we're doing this still <laughs> <laughs> um let's do this yeah let's let's do that so one more vote you have to do here. We're voting from three songs. Okay. This, of course, is Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Mm -hmm. Just like a dragonfly
Okay. Number two. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together and come back and see. This, of course, is One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you like this song. It's okay. I've been watching your head. You're trying not to be into it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Full disclosure, I hate this song I, and do not like this I, band. I was going to say, I assumed before you, you even... You could have figured that. I assumed when you were doing these three songs that number one, you were picking this one because you hate it and number two, because you think that this will be the song that I pick. You know me so well. I know. Episode 154. Finally, you know me. <laughs> you don't like it because you think it's corny. It's so cheesy. And it is corny. And it is. Speaking of cheese and corn. Man, the song was huge though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. This is I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by the legendary... The movie that it was attached to though was... Legit movie. A big movie. Lost in this moment forever. moment spent with you is a moment I treasure. Don't close my eyes. All right. That's all I can take of that. What is your pick of those three? Uh, I'm going to give you the one that you think I'm going to get. It's going to be Bare Naked Ladies. I figured. Yeah. I would go Lenny Kravitz of those three for yeah, sure. That would be number two for me. Yeah. Mainly because I don't want to miss uh, the thing that's been shoved down my throat a oh, billion God, times. Dude. I picked it because I wanted to see if you... You know what? A lot of people forget about that song when it comes to Aerosmith. They just associate it with that movie. Well, you know, I, like I mean, I, I get it. Was that was was that even on an album or was that just a single for the movie? Man, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Either. And I'm not going to look it up either. <laughs> so, so, all of the songs that I played for you that you voted on mm-hmm. turned 25 years old this year. Dang. Do you feel old? A little bit. Yeah. 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 25 years ago, those songs came out, which is so crazy to think about who's the most relevant of the ones we played like who's still killing it out of all the ones you played uh yeah the closest would probably be aerosmith right or jay-z oh yeah or jay-z okay well outcast is coming back together to do festivals and say probably jay-z oh they are maybe i hadn't heard about that i think so i think so i think so i don't know We'll see. Which did, I'm excited. I can't believe you don't know what that song is. You need they, to go listen to that record ASAP. I don't think I've heard that record before. That's unacceptable, man. Are you an Outcast fan? Yeah. And you never listened to Aquemini? That's like they're. I don't. What else, was there? What else, What were the big singles on that? That one that I played for you. <laughs> <laughs> Rosa Parks. Does that tell you anything? <laughs> so Aquemini would have been Rosa Parks. And the song Equimini. It would have been the the art of storytelling. And then they had what's the other one? Art of storytelling, Equimini, Rose Parks. 
Okay, so Stankonia, was that before or after? That was after. So I'm assuming Speaker that Box, speak, speaker box was after that also? Speaker Box yes. and the Love Below? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, maybe it was just the time that Outcast was put in my ear? Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds about right. Because, I mean, Stank- well, Stankonia was... Stankonia so. was 2000, so... Yeah, I mean that was yeah, still it was 20, the one. It was twenty right years ago. I... Yeah. Um. So, Rosa Parks was the biggest single. Art of storytelling was like their biggest, like I guess, like uh, fan songs, if you will. And then they had "Skew It on the Barbie," which was huge. And then they had "Equim and I," the the title track. God, it's such a good record, man. Do you know this? Do you know the record "At Aliens" by them? No. Oof, dude. Which would have been you need to go back into your home. 96. It would have been the one before Equipment. Yeah. yeah. 96. Yeah. That had. Yeah, I need to go back and listen to these. I had, I literally, I don't think I'd heard really anything before Stankonia. Oh my God, dude. That's a good place to end the show. So you can go listen to some before you go to bed. Can do that. You got anything else? No, that'd be it. Get out of here. I was uh,